Everyone's fighting a battle that you can't see. I am James and welcome to Focus For You. In this podcast, I will give you tips to overcome the challenges that we all battle with. So welcome back guys on today's show we uh, will be talking about addiction and the journey alongside addiction and how far you will go and what you will do for your addiction. Um, I think it's important that everybody kind of has a better understanding and a better direction for people with addiction as I sit here and talk with two of my closest friends about the problem that they had and what they do to kind of overcome those things. So I hope you enjoy. Here's the show. All right, guys, I got two very special guests with me today. Um, I don't have too much I need to say about these two guests, but we're going to kind of jump into some um, very unique and very uh authentic conversations about a little bit of mental health, a little bit of uh, personal issues that we all kind of deal with and don't really know if anybody can relate to. But uh, a lot of us have a lot of uh, things that are relatable across the board, regardless of what it is or what we're going through. And um, both of these gentlemen approached me about um, trying to talk about something that um, I would say, I would say, in my personal opinion, that they are experts in these in these fields. <laughs> I would because sure. you know we're we're all experts in our own lives at, with the things that we do, and um, and the experiences that we encounter. Yeah, and who who's better to talk about your experiences than you, right? Sure. So, um, today I was sitting at my desk and I and I had written down a couple things. And in pertaining to what we're going to talk about today, and the thing that keeps resonating in my head is is um, it's it's um I don't know if you guys kind of remember of like, um the the fable of the boy who crawled, cried wolf. Sure. So there's there's the sheep, the shepherd, and the wolf, and I believe in life we are all at least one, if not all three. So, um, as I was talking about this and as I was uh, thinking about this and, uh, I couldn't help but to think about where, where you guys are currently with the things that you got going on in your life that plague you the most. I mean, neither one of you can jump in and take the topic. So, uh, yeah, um, 21 year old Brian and, uh, 35 year old Brian or, 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 uh, did you see this thing going around Facebook? It's like the 10 year challenge. I don't know. You may have missed it or you may know what I'm talking about. You did Teddy. So like, yeah. Did. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I really pretty, didn't follow the guidelines media. to that or whatever. I didn't do 10 years or whatever. I did actually when I was, uh, probably 21 years old, my first picture and a picture of my, of myself now. Um, Usually I don't follow the fucking trends of like, can we swear on your podcast, James? I, I don't, I don't, I, I let everybody be whoever they are. All right. Well, um, fucking yeah. Uh, you know, I, uh, I looked at these two different men and, uh, or more of a boy, I guess, uh, in the younger picture and, uh, just realized 
uh, how much, how much has changed since then. And, uh, a lot of it had to do with, with, uh, addiction. Um, what was, what was the biggest change that you could see just looking at the photo? I mean, obviously like when you look at photos from when you were 19, you look younger and more fit and I, I, I mean, without, without the obvious, without yeah, the obvious. uh, just healthy. Uh, I was, I was skin and bones basically. It was probably 160 pounds. But for me, that's, that's, that's like almost dying, uh, compared to this, this bigger guy that, that you guys are, are used to now. Um, and it was just due because of drugs. I was, I was dating, dating, a, a, a an older woman, at the time I had just, I just, uh, left my hometown of East Hartford and, uh, just different, two different, two different people, man. And, uh, I struggled with it for a little bit because it was like, Oh my God, like it's one thing for a day or people like, Oh, you look good or you look different or you look, you know, you're the same, but you, you know, you look older or whatever, but, uh, it's weird to like see it for yourself. And, uh, just uh just just kind of kind of you know push me back a little bit i guess so what was the what was the thing that you were addicted to or what was the um i i mean well i first of all to start off like um i i've first drug i ever did obviously was weed um um and i didn't smoke weed until i was 18 or 19 years old um won't say where I was living, uh, but James, James probably knows. Um, I, out of boredom, stumbled upon, uh, across, uh, and not really knowing much about it at the time, I, I stumbled across opiates just in the cabinet where I was living. And, uh, so, well, weed gets me high and I like that. Why don't, why don't I try this, uh, without really knowing anything about opiates or, 19 I, uh, you know I, I i didn't do didn't do weed until i was 18 i thought weed was bad until i was like 18 um and so i was like well i do like i like smoking you know with my friends and everything this is every i hear i hear this briefly on the news oxycontin and, and vicodin percocet what you you know what have you um and that shit went from me trying it once to trying it again and liking it, I guess, to me, to it becoming a, you know, a few nights a week thing, you know, I'm going to do it on the weekends, Friday, Saturday, uh, to me doing it on a Tuesday evening in the middle of the week. Um, and again, still naive, not knowing much of how, 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 how addicted you can get to these things until one night, um, I was caught the person I was, I was taking the pills from, uh, they, uh, they asked me to leave their home. They, they you know, they, they knew it was me. I of course lied about it. Cause that's what an addict would do is first thing he would do is lie. I'd say, it wasn't me. I didn't do that. Um, and, uh, I felt horrible about it. These people that trusted me, I lived in their home, uh, for, for, you know, three, three, four years probably. And, uh, you know, felt horrible about it, but still naive, still naive about it. Still like, oh, I wasn't, you know, I, 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 I wasn't addicted, but I was, I just didn't know it back then. Um, what would you say, what would you say was the, the, the turning point for you realizing that you're addicted? One night she, she started to catch on, you know? She started to, there's a brief, some brief situations where she started to catch on. I feel like such a scumbag telling you this, Jesus. Um, you shouldn't. But she caught on. She, and she, 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 she said, I think uh, a few of my pills are missing. And I was like, you know, I played stupid. And, oh, that's, you know, we'll, we'll watch out and make sure that no one's doing that. Uh, and then she, she took them obviously from the cabinet and it was the night that I, I was like, holy shit, something, something in me felt, felt wrong. It felt different. Like where I, I felt like I needed it. I wanted it. Um, couldn't sleep. I just, it was just, it was just rolling in my mind. Um, luckily she did, she did make me leave. And because I, you know, sweated it out. And again, a young kid, not really knowing 
you know, too pretty naive about drugs at this time. And, um, you know, so it, it, it exited my life as fast as it came in until I started dating an older girl. And, uh, that's when it, that's when it, that's when things really got bad. All right. So I want to kind of pause here and definitely, uh, got some, this is a great direction with all this. So it's, it's safe to say that you're, let's put it under the age of 25. And I, and I, and I say this for most people under the age of 25, mm-hmm. your kids, you we're all, shit. We, we don't know. We, we, we know nothing. You know, zero. Under, we, we think we have the world by the balls and we think we have it understood. Got to figure so, it out. But we don't, we have no idea. I, I, t- I say this to myself all the time. Uh, 35 year old James will kick, 25 year old james's ass every <laughs> time sure every, every time every time so with that being said i i definitely wanted to get uh teddy's yeah. point of view on all of this too um sure. especially dealing with well, addiction I, I, for for brian and what the direction he was going with so brian at first i would say like um i hey, can you guys you guys can hear me okay right we can Yes. Yeah. So I, I applaud your courage, man, to talk about uh, something like this. So and it's really uh, it's interesting to hear other people's perspective, you know, sure. from I guess my issue on um, certainly I, I struggled with alcohol. Or I guess I should say I, I still struggle with alcohol. And it was um, one of those things because alcohol is so ubiquitous. It's everywhere. It's legal that it, it took a I don't know, maybe almost a decade for me to realize um, that perhaps I was having an issue with it. And um, it, there was no aha moment. There was no, it was just a very slow deterioration of my health, uh, physical health, slow deterioration of my, uh, my psychological health. And just by kind of falling out of the tree and hitting every branch on the way down, I, I think finally when I, I reached out to uh, uh, health providers they kind of suggested that this may be a problem. And just like you, Brian, I'm like, come on, get out of here. I'm not, I, I'm, I'm not an alcoholic, which they, I guess they don't even use the term alcoholic anymore. It's alcohol. Yeah, it's or no, alcohol use disorder is, is technically. Oh, is that, re- is that really what it is? That's correct. Like the, the, the DSM-5 or the Bible of mental health diagnostics, it, it's now the most current addition to my understanding. It's called alcohol use disorder or substance use disorder. It is a, it is a disease. Let's, let's, you know. Oh, absolutely. I feel yeah. it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think, you know, with me, you know, I, I've been in, I've been in a, a couple different uh, rehab programs and just meeting so many people who are struggling with so many different addictions. It, it really opened my eyes to this whole world. Um, with me, it's alcohol, but I've, I've met, I've been very close with people who are struggling with opiates and, and stimulants and uppers, downers, the left and right. I realize that there are just millions of Americans suffering uh, with these things, and it's 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 everywhere. And I can now see it. It's almost like uh, you know I, the blinds were pulled back. So it's just uh, I don't know. It, like like we all reflected on being older. It, it's just a very interesting perspective. I feel I've gained. Yeah, and not to say for anything or, or to put anyone's addiction. Uh, down or I mean addiction is addiction uh, when you look at it but uh, I hear and I've read and I've I've heard uh, other addicts say this is that alcohol is the hardest to to conquer um, I've heard the same thing it's everywhere like yeah. I said it's, it's like I know I don't know in your case um, you know when I think about staying away from it um, you know I watch a commercial and people are drinking <laughs> I'll, right. I'll, it's, I used to, it was, it was every facet of my life. So it's so difficult to put it down. I had a really close friend who, who struggled with opiates and it's funny. She would find sympathy for me. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking like, you know, you're struggling with a, a way quote unquote worse issue, but then she was the one who opened my eyes. Like, no, no, you have it way worse. And yeah. it's, it's just, it's difficult to understand, wrap my head around. The reason I think that she may have said that to you was, because it, it, with alcohol, it, it's like you said before, man, you don't, 
you don't feel like you do anything wrong. They sell it at Stop and Shop. So I know, right? <laughs> how, how could you, you know what I mean? They don't sell heroin at Stop and Shop. Exactly. Like, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't have to go to a sketchy person or a dealer or anything to get alcohol. You just walk, you know, a block down the street. It's socially acceptable. I'm, yeah. And uh, I, I think that uh, is a great segue for, for both of these is that um, both of these, um, the opioids and the alcohol are things that are readily available to everybody on every corner. If you think about it, sure. whether it's whether it's the Walgreens or the corner store or wherever, I mean, all you need is a doctor to prescribe you opioids if you're feeling some type of way. Or I mean, because you you see it, you see the the um, uh, big farm with all the commercials that they have put out they had during the super bowl they have them everywhere they have them during your favorite tv show about whether you know cialis or anything else that you could possibly become addicted to sure. with all these side effects and side effects and things of that nature now gentlemen my i'd like to have my show where people are definitely talking about what it is that they struggle with but we also want to talk about how you come out on the other side like what what steps are you taking to put yourself in a better place um but before we get there both of you guys had both mentioned how it was kind of like a slow build up to that point um to the point where you realized that you had a problem could you could either You'd one like of you speak first, more to that um sure Teddy, you sure. can go, man. Okay. I'd like to hear what you have to say. Um, hmm. Kind of. Um, so, from what I've learned, the incidence of psychological disorders or, or mood conditions are, are very comorbid with substance use disorder, be it depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, anxiety. Um, you'll find a high incidence of overlap between anyone struggling with some type of mood disorder and, and substance abuse. So... Um, I've been pretty, well, if I haven't, I've been, uh, I'm going to be open about my struggle with depression. So, and I, when I was going through that and seeking help for that, um, I would mention to my medical providers, you know, they, they, they do the screening process. They ask you if you're abusing any drugs or alcohol. And I, I remarked that I, I drank and, um, it's funny now because, um, I, I understand so clearly now the effect alcohol can have on something like depression. It just, it makes it much worse, but I didn't understand it then. So I guess that's how I began uh, learning about uh, the whole issue and how it can negatively affect uh, my mental health. Um, and that began the road uh, to recovery, which is, you know, it's kind of lifelong. I'm still on that road. Um, I don't want to go on for too long, so I'll, I'll stop there and I'll, I'll probably circle back to it at a later point. Um, yeah, man. Uh, the first of all, I, I got to get this um, off my my chest uh, while, I, while I remember to do it. Um, while we're talking about this, um, I had a friend uh, that I just I woke up on Wednesday morning. Uh, this past week and uh, I had a text message um, from uh, from a pretty close friend and uh, he said I don't know if you've heard yet uh, Tim Tim passed away and uh, I was I was uh you hear about this all the time and you just, I just, I just saw this kid like not too long ago. And, uh, if you're dealing with depression and you, you, you put a substance, you know, in, in the yeah. mix of things with that, it's going to be bad. So if you, if you know someone that needs help, even if you think, you know, they might not, but you're not sure ask them and if you need help reach out this this uh my friend tim landers played in a successful uh punk rock band named transit they're from massachusetts 
smart guy. Never would have thought that uh, he would have taken his own life. So, um, you know, just if just just be cautious of the people that you care about and the people around you. And, and, and sometimes you just you just need to, to ask if uh, I'm sorry to hear that, Brian, first if, off. if they need help. Um, on that note, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just yeah, uh, Brian. Sorry, sorry about that. Yeah. Um, but on that note, did I did I come to a point where I thought that that things had spiraled out of control? Is what I think you asked, James. Yeah, to the point, uh, the the slow breakdown or a slow buildup or of a direction. You when you use opiates, unfortunately, uh, you you build up a tolerance. So you're using more and more opiates when you don't have them in your system. Imagine the worst flu that you've ever had in your entire life. And you're nowhere close. I would never wish the feelings of opiate withdrawal on my worst enemy. It's the worst feeling you've ever felt. Your legs cramp. You feel nauseous. You're throwing up. You're having to run to the bathroom it's bad. And I, I, I pushed it off for six months as I was just sick. It's just a cold. I mean, I got the flu for six months, but I feel better when I, when I use these. And, and, uh, because I was so naive, it took me a little bit longer to figure out what, what being sick meant, what, what, what it was and hiding it from my friends and hiding it from my family. Um, you know, I, I remember just taking a shower and, and, and living in Vernon and, like, what is wrong with me? Why do my legs hurt so much? Why do I feel like shit? Like, why am I, I just don't feel good. And it wasn't until I, I got my hands on, on more pills that, uh, you know, it, I, I realized, okay, this is making me feel normal, not even better, but just normal. But I'm withdrawing, I'm withdrawing from this shit. And, uh, it's, it wasn't a good feeling, man. It was not a good feeling at all. Wow, I'm really glad it didn't it didn't progress any further. You sound like you're on the you, you sound like you're on the opposite side of it. Like I know so many uh, people who start with pills and they end up IV heroin use. You know, um, I I I'm ashamed to 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 say that I've I've done heroin, but you, um, you shouldn't be I'm supposed to be honest here. And I I don't even think J- James would probably know that about me, and he's one of my closest friends. But I I. I have no, I had no idea. Uh, very ashamed that uh, it, it went from, it went from, uh, it went from uh, someone just telling me the girl I was dating at the time, like, you can sniff this. I'm afraid of needles. I've never let, let's let me be clear about this. I've never injected anything in intravenous drugs or anything like that. I'm too scared of needles. I know that's weird because I'm covered in tattoos, but. Uh, I almost pass out when I get blood taken. Um, but it went from a girl saying, fuck these pills. Like you, this is cheaper. Stronger. That's how it happens. And you naive, not just being naive and, and wanting to fit in. Um, wasn't a long period of time, but immediately needed to, to, to get help after that. So, so I mean, man, that sounds I don't even know. Like I'm trying to wrap my head around it as you're sure. you're talking with me about it. You're trying wow. to you're trying to fit in the timeline of how, when, and how did you not notice? Um, very easily. No. I I did I did notice that you had gone from uh, a very large man to a very small man sure. in a short period of time. Sure. So I mean, we we've all kind of seen people that that, that right. have happened that. And we kind of think, oh yeah, it's the coke diet. Add 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 of. Uh, I was gonna just say it's weird that you say we're too close of friends because I was just gonna say add add a shit ton of coke into that as well, and you know, sure you can lose weight. So you you see you see your friend, um, you know, deflate and inflate like a balloon, yeah, and sure. of course you're curious. You know, I mean, I, I've I've I had asked you at that time, are you all right? Yeah, and I mean, of course, what are you gonna say? Yeah, I'm good. Fine. You know, don't worry about it. I'm fine. Yeah, I'm, you know, just kind of working through something, blah, sure. blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, that's great. Yeah. But had you told me the truth, I'd have jumped down your shit for Fuck sure. Yeah. I was scared yeah. to tell my and, friends and my family. And, and and you and you knew I would have because you knew I I, I want to believe I've, from I you not telling the me the reason you, that I did not say anything to like some of my closest friends. I mean, and my family knows and, and, you know, and I, but let, let me stress this people. Um, I am 
over i've lost count of how many years i've been sober i've been many many years um i've have you, have you lost count i i, I think stop counting after like 10 years like okay you know what i mean okay. like i, I, I yeah but by 25 i was like no i'm, I'm done with this shit dude I'd, I'd seen too much and and uh you know and a lot of it was hanging out at tattoo shops and and meeting people that i wasn't close with there was a time when when i after i got kicked out of that house i there was a time i had nowhere to live mm-hmm. i didn't know what the fuck i was if it wasn't for my brother lenny i i went to go stay with him in manchester and then eventually met a girl and i moved to vernon um and i wasn't around my close knit friends Mm-hmm. I think they maybe they showed maybe they came over a few times. I think James came over for the Super Bowl, uh, maybe for a birthday of mine or something like that when I lived in Vernon, but not as often as I've seen these guys. And I didn't tell them because I knew they want to fuck with me. And I didn't- yeah, I, I mean, at at one point with that time, we we had been kind of basically we'd been living together. We would see each other almost every every day, day. and um. Then uh, all that had happened and you had moved and then you kind of like just disappeared on all yeah. of us. And um, and had I known that was the issue, I would have kind of stuck right. a little closer. I would have tried to made a more conscious effort about I that. I came around like uh, James used to have a, a New Year's party every year. So I would make like little appearances and shit. But when you saw me, it was like, damn, he's skinny. He's with this girl. He's, you know, he seems happy. Uh, I, I don't know what they would thought. That, I just knew that they. Would that have helped, Brian? If you had an intervention from someone like a friend, a strong one, do you feel like that would have changed the course? No, I, I I was just going to say the same thing. I don't know. In my experience. Probably fucking. Pro- at that time, probably fucking Yeah, in my not. experience, I relate. It's all personally motivated. Like, I I hear what you're saying, and you're right. like, you say I'm ashamed. Now, I'm no drug addiction counselor, but I can repeat I can repeat what sure. I've heard that one you shouldn't feel ashamed you should feel proud you kick you kick this shit's ass yeah. and and that you did it by your own you did it by your own power like here you are you're dude you're alive man you the, a lot of people who done this I, exactly what you did are aren't alive um with the help of my my Great. sister good to hear and um my my family and some doctors Great. and uh and just and you know and and some and some hard hard work too i mean just you know it was it was a lot of the the, a lot of people think like when they quit opiates that the hard part's going to be quitting the opiate and getting through being sick and feeling like shit that's not the hard part nope it's changing your life that's the that's the hard part. It's changing everything around because at, by the time you're clean, you already fucked people over. You already yeah. fucking lied to people. You already stretched the truth to people. Wow. And you have to. And and do I have I been to NA and AA? Sure. Do I agree with everything they say? Probably not. But mm. I think one of the last steps is going around to the people that you fucked over and apologizing to them. Mm-hmm. It's a hard feat. It's hard to do. So I um I I applaud both of you guys, and I've openly said this to Teddy and uh and and you, Brian, that um that I don't know what that life's like, and I don't ever want to know what that life's like. But to know somebody that's kind of gone through it and is still here, still fighting, I, I I mean I can't do anything but applaud you guys. And anybody out there listening and you're dealing with this or you know somebody that's dealing with this, you got to stick by them. Because if you don't, then they'll find an excuse to continue to go down this path. So had 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 Brian come to me earlier and had said something to me, yeah, I would have been upset. But I would have known more and more for sure that he kind of needed to hear my voice or to let or let to let him know, like, dude. You got to kick this. You got to kick this. I know uh, both Brian and Teddy had said that there would have been anything I could have said or done being their friend. But I know if my presence is there, they're going to be thinking, man, if James sees me using right now, or James sees me fucked up right now. He's going to have something to say. So maybe I won't use. Yeah, today. I don't think 
I don't think it works like that, man. Because there's no way you would have seen us in the the period, the state we were in, you know. And I I I applaud your your positivity, but I don't know. One, let me. I'm so glad you're here, Brian. From hearing your story, I'm so glad this didn't end in tragedy. Like, unfortunately, I know Tim's not around, but I, I. you're here. You're alive, and I like. Even though we're yeah. not that close, I feel and, happy that you're. I can hear your voice right now. Well, well, thank you, man, and then that 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 means a lot. Yeah, we are definitely. friends, and um, you know, I um, yeah, I, I for Brian, if you look at Brian's life, I've changed it around. I, I turned it. I seen a an ex. I would agree. I, seen, I would agree. I seen ex girlfriend's dad uh on Christmas Eve mm-hmm. this year, um, and we're. You know, I'm I'm trying to return something. He's trying to return something, and he go and I was like, "Fuck, I gotta, I have." We 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 our eyes meet, and I'm like, I gotta say something, but I kind of don't want to say anything because I want to make it awkward for him. But he's looking, so I was just like, "Hey, man, how are you?" And he was just like, "Hey, uh, it's good to see you. How how you been? How how are you and everything?" And uh when he left, he, uh, we, we chatted up a little bit and everything. I told him what I was doing and, and you know, what's going on in life. And he was, you know, before he left, he said, I'm glad to know that you, you turned it around. Wow. Wow. And I was like, all right, like, fair enough. Fair enough. I get it. You know, I, maybe I wasn't the easiest person to deal with when I was dating your daughter, but you know, it's good to hear that he, he had said that. So were you aware that he was aware? Um, I think that he I think suspected. He, I think he thought I was a degenerate dating his daughter is what I what he thought. And he was probably right. You oh, know, like, oh wow. Mm. You know, um but but what he did not know is that his daughter had had a lot of influence uh, of helping me stay stay clean. And yeah. you know, it was at the tail end that we started dating and I had already gotten help and everything, but I was still you know, smoking weed and, and, you know, still, still a little bit of a degenerate or whatever, but, um, Hmm. you know, it was, it was, even if he didn't know me at my lowest, he still knew me where I was somewhat low. And even to hear, Hey man, you know, good job. You turned it. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm glad to be looking at you right now and, you know, glad you're here. So it kind of felt like that. That's great, man. That's us. That's, that's, uh, that's tough. That's yeah. It's a, I was kind of curious to um, not to cut you off, uh, Teddy or or Brian, but um, I was kind of curious when you you had mentioned that you were in a relationship with somebody. uh, Was she using as well? Fuck yeah. All right. So can you, you know, being in that environment, I can't imagine the toxicity level on that. Straight to each other's faces. Mm. Like, just like, I mean, first of all, you're you're. You're you're thinking, well, she's doing it, so it's okay because we're doing it together. But you're just enabling each other. You're just enabling each other. You're hiding drugs from each other. You're 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 you know you're you're just a straight scumbag, man. It's just well, bad you're news. Suffering. <laughs> like I don't I don't I don't know any other way to put it. But I was just a straight like funkin' function. You know, I I was fun. You know, I went to work. I went to. I worked at Daddy's Junkie Music and Guitar Center, but I was doing drugs in the bathroom. Like, I was working just to. You know, I was working for the drug money. She was working for money to pay the bills. Yeah, that sounds like a, a very wow situation. You know. Yeah, and it's you know it and 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 you know and yes that that relationship end, ended in flames. You know what I mean? Once uh. Once I went to her and said, look, I can't fucking lie to my family anymore. I need help. Like, I can't just, I can't do this by myself. She was like, why? Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna stop. You're not gonna make me stop. She didn't realize she had a problem. She realized it was probably, she realized she had a problem. I just don't think she, Mm. I just think she like, that's very interesting. Because the, you know, she looked. I'm sorry. You know, she, she, no, she just, I, I mean, I don't know if it was our relationship was at the tail end or she just didn't want the help. Eventually she did. And eventually she's, uh, you know, clean now and she's a mother and, and, uh, she got her life together, which is great. Um, but at the time she didn't want to, she was like, well, 
you know, and mm. it, it spiraled down in the flames because of it. All right, guys, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but um, we're going to take a quick break. I need to take a quick break right quick. So I'm uh, I'm going to pause the rec- I'm going to stop the recording and then we'll we'll pick it up. All right. All right. All right. Uh, we're back. Um, Teddy had to leave us, um, but uh, Brian's still here and we're going to pick up right where we left off. Um, I have I had had some things i was writing down as you guys were speaking and brian you had mentioned uh depression and so did teddy and uh i can't help but to think how many how many millions of americans not or people around the world that um suffer from depression and what they do to substitute depression with you know opioids alcohol oh yeah see i see where um, you're going yeah with with whatever it may be, whatever it may be, we all substitute it with that, and um, it's it's scary. I would say this to say the least. You know, um, I've personally battled depression many of times with things in my life, and I, you know, most of the time I turn to my friends and my family uh, for an outlet. But in those outlets, there's a lot of times there's alcohol. If, if not all those times there's alcohol sure. um so when you when we get to those points in our lives and we we try to uh drown out the voices that are in our heads telling us to do stupid things um we try to drown those voices with substance some sure. kind of substance um i can't you know, I, I can't keep I keep thinking about I can't help but to keep thinking about um, the progression that you had after you uh, left the house that you were staying at and you moved to Vernon and then you and then you have kept going on. What was the depression and what was your your mental makeup and your health at that point? You know, what was the mood for you? Um, after, after the breakup and, and me getting help and everything, I knew, I knew that, uh, and I was told that, you know, mental health was, was a part of this and that I needed to, you know, I needed to, I needed to do something about that. And at first I was just kind of blew it off, um, until I went and, uh, spoke to, a therapist like I, I, I have a psychiatrist um a psychiatrist that i go to now i go once a week and it wasn't until then that i realized and my mother uh dealt with depression and anxiety uh as as we were children and us growing up and, and she still struggles with it today um but it, it it took it's it took going to a therapist to realize that I had a problem with anxiety and I had a problem with depression and that I was just masking it by self medicating. Um, now I I know we all I think and I shouldn't say I know we all but I'd like to think that we are trying to mask or medicate or whatever adjective you're going to use to describe the feeling that you're having and how, how you then in turn try to like eliminate feeling that way. Um, what I think helps was to have, I felt that when, when I'm in that office for that hour, first of all, that's what helped was talking about it was going to that office every day, uh, not every day, but once a week and and talking about it and talking and getting getting to the reason why why i was using drugs and why i felt that felt that way um why i was depressed why 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 i was having these feelings um when you're younger you kind of just you don't not to say that young people don't deal with depression or whatever but like luckily i grew up around my good friends and uh I, I cared more about like, you know, going to the Berlin turnpike on a Friday night than being depressed. Um, I, I wanted to, you know, but as I got older, I, I, I realized what the symptoms of me feeling extremely nervous in a movie theater meant or, 
uh, why on certain days I wake up and I'm just completely blue, just completely don't want to do anything, don't want to talk to anyone. And there'd know why I ever felt that way. And it wasn't until I went and spoke to a therapist that, that I figured that out. I, uh, I too, uh, have a therapist that I, um, talk to regularly and, um, this is, but this is, has happened to me. I've been, I, I would say for the better part of about 10 years, I've been in and out of therapy, just dealing with things that, um, that I, I would say for a fair share, all of us kind of like struggle with, Sure, you know? All of us have um, some kind of idea of that we're we're struggling with something. So, you know, when when we most common thing that people would struggle with is probably depression. And um, with my experiences with depression and seeing people depressed and 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 trying to um, get out of that funk what I've realized that what works best is definitely talking and definitely seeking some kind of uh, professional help. Um, I always, after my therapy sessions feel, I feel like the man that I want to be. Feel so much better, you know? right? Oh my God. Yeah. I, I feel like the man that I want to be, like I have it kind of set in a direction and now I'm like, okay, this is what I have to do in order for me to, you know, quote unquote, um, point myself in the right direction. You know what I mean? Sure. So going through depression and going through anxiety and dealing with those types of things, um, there's this dirty little word that I at times, you know, think about, but I don't say, and that word is suicide. I say it's a dirty little word because, um, a lot of people have taken their own lives because of depression, anxiety, mental health, and all these other things. And it's, um, it's so tragic and it's so upsetting and it hurts a lot of people. And, uh, being in that place, I, I, I want to say this in my personal es- estimation sure. is that, we all have had that thought. We have all had the thought of if I, you know, if I end my life today, you know, because of all the things that we're dealing with, I, I, I can honestly say that I thought about it. I mean, what, what, what person, what self-respective person, um, in my opinion, hasn't felt that kind of low? hasn't gone down to that to that to that level in their lives where they're just like man it, it can't get any worse and then something happens something happens to to all of us at that point it's either we do or we don't it's either it happens or it doesn't happen so for me i am eternally grateful for all of those things that have come into my life where I feel like I need to stick around and be more present for those things. But for those people that have um, gone down that road to to never come back, um, I always feel for them. I always know that that was incredibly challenging for them to even get to that point. To, to sit there, to have all this thought process that you're actually going to go through with it, that, that takes a, a certain amount of courage that maybe not everybody quite understands. You know what I'm saying? Brian? I do. I, I do. I think it's one thing to say, "Oh my God, everyone's life would be so much better if I wasn't here," and it's another thing to say, "I don't like who I am. I don't. I. 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 No. No one is good around me, and I don't see any other way out. And to plan that shit out is." It's got to be terrifying. Dude, it has to be incredibly terrifying, you know, to, you know, to the, the we when you die, when everybody dies, because death is undefeated, we always leave something, someone or something that we love or we care about. It's inevitable. 
So when you sit there and you plan that all out and you make it really make it um, a reality. Uh, yeah, make it a, a reality for yourself. I I I I don't know what that's like and I don't know what that person's thinking of like I don't know. I've always thought to myself, if I ever got to that point, there'd be something, some kind of check in my head or some kind of something where I'm just like, this is this is a bit much, James. You know what I mean? I need help. Maybe maybe if I talk to somebody. And for those and for those people that um, never get a chance to have that conversation in a sense to kind of walk them off the, 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 the ledge. It's always heartbreaking for me. Uh, it, I, I kind of wear it myself because I always feel like um, there's something more that I could have done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, like it, it's normal to feel that, especially if it's someone close to you or someone that like, is in your family or in your friend's family or whoever it might be just knowing a person that, that commits suicide is it, it, it's, it, I just don't think there's any words for it, man. It's like, there's no, no emotion that it, besides hurt and, and uh, not knowing what you could have done differently. Maybe if I talked, if I just held them a little bit longer, but it's it's not anyone's fault. It's really not. It's it's a disease for a reason, and that's why I said before. Like if you know someone or you feel a certain way, speak up to the people that care about you and people around you, and get the help that you need. Yes, um, being present in people's lives. Make those that- calls. Like it, sometimes it sucks. Sometimes you you're gonna call your friends and they're not gonna pick up, but. At the end of the day, if you if you were like, well, I, I, I you know, I tried to make, I knew something was happening, and I, I tried to reach out. You're gonna feel a lot better, and, and you might be able to help them. Yeah, they might in return pick up the phone and call you back. Um, I I um, I always find that um, being in a place where suicide is the option is the only option. I just feel like those people are not thinking clearly. They're in a state of um, stasis, mind stasis, where everything's a, a, a ramble or they're in their lowest of lows where they think this is the only way out when um, life is so beautiful and life is so precious. Sure. You have one, we have one of them. We have one opportunity and we have one chance for whatever it is that we're trying to do while we're on this planet in this existence, we only have one. And for said person to have um, taken the time to plan out their own deaths and to put their, their own, um, their own kind of their world into a, a perspective that death is the answer for me is always sad. Sure. For me, it, it just makes me feel like, man, I wish there was something I can do for that person. And it's, so, ju- it's just not, I'm not sorry to interrupt you, but it's just no. not the people like that are close to you, man. Like look at Robin Williams. Look at, look at Chester from Lincoln park, man. Chester from Lincoln Park, I was, I know people are like shocked when people die or whatever, when people kill, especially when people kill themselves, but I was in brutal fucking shock when Chester killed himself. I didn't get it. I didn't understand it. I didn't know why someone that, that had so much to live for. And including Robin Williams too, so much of such a funny man. Like, how how could they, how could they be that unhappy? I, just, I think I I think what I'm realizing about these people, and I mean not not every single um, situation is the same, but 
I will say the people that you just mentioned, uh, Robin Williams and uh, Chester from Lincoln Park, um, they were great advocates for living in the moment, living for right now. And to me, in my in my personal opinion, those people are the people that enrich our lives every single day. And when they're not enriching other people's lives, I feel like maybe their their lives are spinning out of control and maybe they need some other direction or some kind of help or some kind of uh, influence. And that they're normal people, too. (laughs) And that they're normal people, too. Um, You know, the Chester from Lincoln Park was was a big, 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 like eye opener for me and just just to be like i i mean they they were showing like he had like posted like pictures of his family and everything just the day before and you know he was talking with friends and everybody about the things and the direction that he was trying to take um that's the thing a lot of people say that like that like i did not i did not see that there's no warning signs Right. So my my uh, my therapist has said to me that there's there's no warning signs for mental health. There's 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 no um, easy way to diag- diagnose people with mental health problems. Sure. It's easier. It's easy to see in alcoholism. There's it's easier to see in um, pain and prescription pills. It's easy to see in coke and um, heroin because there are physical symptoms that you could see on somebody yeah but for mental health you know it's that 10 percent, 90 percent of their life may look as ordinary as it possibly can and that 10 percent that you don't get to see that you don't get to experience could be the 10 percent that pushes that person past that point past their depression past their anxiety past their panic into a place where suicide is the only option. And that's and 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 for me it, it's it sucks because that means that I can't reach them and I can't help them. Right. And if that's the case and if it is a situation where you can't you, you don't think you're reaching them or whatever. I mean, and then it's time to to really seek professional help they're professionals for a reason uh like james said not not everyone goes and 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 decides and and say hey i'm gonna you know my life would be better without me here and then takes another kind of person to to a sick person to actually go out and 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 do these things and uh it's just sad man It's, it's real sad it's always sad it's always sad and I just can't sit here and help but to think about, you know, I think um, when we were growing up, we had a lot of suicide. We had, we had, I shouldn't say a lot because we had a a fair share of suicides growing up in, uh, in high school. Sure. um, With young people. And it's, it's, I just don't, it's just so hard. It is. It's so challenging. Like I, I mean, I can't. I there's no, there's not anybody that I can uh, directly relate to with that. But you know, watching the breakdown of the family, watching um, how the influence of the person is now no longer going to be present. Right. You know, at birthdays at. Uh, birth, at, at birthdays, at family outings, it's like a chair missing from the. It's like an empty chair at the table. You know. What yes, I mean? it's an empty chair at the table where there was a big presence from that chair. So, um, coming full circle with all of this, Brian, um, it brings me back to the sheep, the shepherd, and the wolf. And during these times, I feel like. I am all three in a given moment, but for the most part, 
at this point in my life, I feel like I'm more of a shepherd than any than any of the other um, the other two. Um, I know I was a sheep, and uh, in my early years, in my high school years, I was a sheep. I was just following. I was trying to figure out where I fit in, and by doing that, I created some anxiety for myself, not knowing that, not understanding that. I also created some depression for myself because I, I wanted to be a part of or fit in or be accepted. Sure. And if you're um, a young kid that is listening to this podcast for some reason and you think that high school is the end all, it's fucking not. It's not. The, I, the things that matter to you, the, the people... We're very lucky, me and James. We are, we are, we are, and and you know what? Maybe, maybe it's like that. And this in other groups, I, I just don't know. But we are very lucky to still be friends. The people that that you and the things that you think matter, and 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 you know, it's world-ending type of shit. It doesn't. Yeah, they're very insignificant, and um, my sheep phases, um lasted me until my my late my um i would say my early to late 20s my mid to late 20s i should say and then i became a wolf and um and that was only because i was a sheep for so long i wanted to i wanted to see what the other side was like sure as you as i'm coming out of dealing with depression and and anxiety i'm trying to now uh be something that i am not and i i I don't know brian about you when you when you're coming out of your 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 um your addiction phase and and the things that you were doing that you didn't really weren't really proud of yeah uh, you you kind of find yourself questioning you know what works now yeah course like how do i you know how do i rebuild these relationships how do i work towards new relationships how do i understand that um there's so much more to life than what i've currently experienced um i've been very fortunate and very lucky to have uh good friends uh and a a good family that that have kind of I want to say have have looked past my shortcomings. You got to understand, like when I was nineteen, all I cared about was girls playing in my band and getting fucked up. That was it. Um, now that I'm I'm you know older, the thing the, you know things different. My friends, yes, of course, still matter to me and everything. Uh, but. You know, it, it, it takes it takes time and patience, man, like and, and a good set of level headed people that are going to say, you know, Brian, you know, he, he when you think of Brian, you know, that's the thing is that I'm trying to. Uh, I want people to think of me as I got older, as I guess, like he's, you know. He was always our friend, but now he's he's our good friend. Where we could not trust him before, we can trust him now. Uh, where you know, it, it, you know, they they stuck by me for so long. You guys have stuck by me for so long that uh, I hope that you guys see a change. I hope I hope that you have. I I mean, because you're part. Of, you guys have all been part of that change. Um, you know, so I, I hope that I hope that you guys see it. No, yeah, we um. We definitely notice it. I definitely notice it. Um, but I, um, as we finish up the episode, I can't help but to think about what you just said there and understanding and recognizing that who we are 10 years ago is not who we are today. Sure. And, 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 and I can solemnly swear to that to be the truth for every single living person on the face of the planet. Now, whether you 10 years ago were positive and now negative or were negative and now are positive are two different things. 
Now, on my show with all of this, um, you've got a chance to listen to two people speak about addiction, depression, suicide, uh, mental health, um, and what they have done to try to overcome those obstacles, to overcome those challenges. And it's an ongoing thing. It's an everyday thing. And nothing about that changes. And I can't do nothing but to applaud and to want to be there for them along this journey. Um, forever how long that journey may be. Because we all deal with this. So if it, if tomorrow, Brian, you turn back into that person, I know I saw I saw a light in you that wanted to change. So I know that light is still there and I will fight for that light because that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah, if you see me uh, 130 pounds and my nose dripping down to my sneakers, I expect you to kick my ass a little bit, even though we're older. Yeah, but now it's going to be a little more prevalent and now it's going to be <laughs> a little more sure in your face, just like with our, with our friend Nunzio. Yeah. Like, I, I you know... We've we've talked in depth about him and what he's going through. I definitely want to punch him in the face right now. Yeah, we love you. Yeah, I, dude, I love the hell out of him, and I, I and I'll you. never, I and just, I'll never, and the only reason I want to punch him in the face is because I want him to do better. Yeah, and we miss you, you. know. And yeah, definitely, definitely. You know? So when you when you are encountering people like that, and you want your circle to be stronger. You know, maybe not so much maybe a circle, but maybe a square or or maybe even a triangle. You know, you want the strongest bond that you can have with um, the people that you love and you care about. Um, That also requires you to bear a little part, uh, a part of your soul and a part of your heart to let them know that they are not in this alone. And um Brian, I'm sorry if you felt like you couldn't come to me in those times, talk to me, and let me know. No, what man, it, it had, it had, you know, um, more, more embarrassment than, uh, than anything. Um, and I, I, I have a, my therapist always tells me I have this weird tick about me, and that is, I never want people that i really really truly care about to be upset at me or be mad at me or yell at me or it's just something that i i have to deal with and you know and that i've dealt with for for a long time i don't want the people that i really care about to be up you know be upset at me so we lie and you know it's easier sometimes you know what what, i mean i they don't i try not to do this anymore but what my therapist told me is said you're not a liar you're not lying you're just you're just you're you're covering up so that someone's not upset at you but that's the, the problem lies in when the person finds out that you, you you even if the person finds out that you were trying to spare their feelings they still feel that you lied to them and that's the problem right and that's the issue and um well, I can talk a whole nother story about yeah, lying. Maybe, maybe we can get into that on, on another one or something like that. So yeah, absolutely. But I mean, I've had I some th- whoppers, my people. <laughs> There's been some shit. No, I and I, I completely agree with you. Um, and we, I think we as a mankind, as as humans, we lie and right. to protect. Yeah. Not 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 only to protect ourselves, but to protect the people we we care about. Right. So. I know you I know you said that, you know, you felt embarrassed. But how do you think I feel by not being able to be there for you? You, you probably I mean? you probably feel bad. Uh, I would say you probably like what could I have done to help my friends? Right. Because right. regardless of what the situation it is that right. I'm going through or how I'm going to feel about this, I just want to be present for you so you can get better. Right. So and then and then return and then in, in, in return, you would end up doing it for me at, for some point right. in my life. Who knows? It could be in, in the next 20 years. Right. And it's an ongoing battle, too. Dude. I, just because I don't do hard drugs anymore doesn't mean that I don't, you know, I don't, you know, haven't been around. I try not to put myself in the environment of it, but like, dude, when I was living in Atlanta, people were getting high around me all the time. I just takes it takes what 
it takes you to 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 stand up and say I, I I'm better than this in order for it to work, man. Sometimes, and you know, until you can learn to do that, you're, people are always going to struggle with addiction until they find a better way to kill pain. And pharmaceutical companies stop being greedy. We're going to have this epidemic. It's sad. Um, I, I, I. I don't have anything more to say behind that. I, I appreciate you being on the show. Um, big shout outs to Teddy too. Yeah, I, Teddy. I appreciate, I appreciate him being on the show. And uh, this is a great way to start off season two. Season two. Uh, Congratulations, yeah. man. You made it uh, you made it a whole season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've kind of put it in my head as far as what I'm going to do for a season. And uh, yeah. this is where it is. This is where it starts. So... Um, if you guys are not already, but hopefully you will be, um, following me on Facebook. Uh, and, he's back. And I am back. And on, <laughs> uh, and on Twitter, it's, uh, it's focus underscore for you. And uh, we'll be blasting into your ear pods, earbuds, um, on Google and on uh, Apple's iTunes. So stay tuned, stay focused, and until next time, uh, focus for you. Just want to thank Brian and Alex to, for coming by today as they showed me some truths about what they were dealing with at those times and how little I could have actually helped. I wish that all of you that are out there battling with any of this that you reach out to those people that believe in you and believe in your journey and believe in the man or the woman or the person who you want to become and allow them to help you, allow them to point you in that direction because those are the people that on the other end, when you're on your sobriety and you're on the road to recovery, that are going to still be in your corner. So, um, Brian and Alex, I'm both here for you. So whenever you need me, just let me know. Hey guys, thanks for stopping by again. And I know I gotta ask one more thing to, for me, from you. In addition to already pressing play with me, I need you to go out and share and like and retweet and do the whole social media thing. If you can't find me, I'll tell you how to find me. Focus underscore for you. That's my Twitter handle and focus for you on Facebook. It's real easy. All you got to do is click that like button and you'll make sure I'll make sure that you have all the information that you need from me. So until next time, focus for you.